Any college baseball fans out there, if you're traveling to see your team and need a place to stay, two words for you, graduate hotels. We stayed at the Nashville location for the SEC tournament. It was awesome. Beautiful rooms, cool vibe, and perfect location. They have over 30 hotels in the best college towns, and get this, they'll give you up to 30% off your stay with code CRSHOW. That's C-R-S-H-O-W. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book today at graduatehotels.com. Hey, it's Cavino and Rich. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast reshipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Michelin Cross Climate 2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive. Go to TireRack.com sports. That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. We are back. Welcome, man, as we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Not only are we back, Carson Wentz is back as the starting quarterback of the Washington Commanders. He replaced Taylor Heineke late in their loss to the Niners this past weekend. Hasn't played since October because of his finger injury. But now with the playoffs at stake, Carson Wentz, the signal caller for the Commanders, as they host the Browns and Cowboys over the final two weeks of the season. Get Bucky on Twitter at Bucky Brooks. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. And it's crazy to think, and it's crazy for me to say, I actually think it was a move that the Commanders had to make, Bucky. I think you had to go back. Taylor Heineke got you as far as you needed to go. He was able to man the ship. But realistically, I think that Taylor Heineke was only going to take the commander so far. And Carson Wentz now against a Cleveland team that is beatable and a Cowboys team that uh, who knows what they'll have to play for in the final week of the, uh, the season. But you've got a situation here where you can take your investment, you can put it back into place. But ultimately, I think Carson Wentz, if if out of the two, you could pick one or two who's going to take the commanders further, I would go with Carson Wentz. Yeah, I would agree. He's a more talented quarterback. And with more talent, it gives you an opportunity to expand the playbook and do more things. We saw the cap on Taylor Heineke. And what happened, Ron Rivera got forced into playing him because the team responded so well. I think they were 5-1-1 one, and one when he first took over. And so you don't want to mess that up when the team was rolling. But now that the team has come back to life and they've lost a handful of games and he's not playing um, at a high level, yeah, you go back to the starter. Because in the offseason, you made a decision. Because Tyler Hanneke had played for you before. He had played for you the last couple of years. You know exactly what he was. And in watching him, there was something that compelled the front office to go and get Carson Wentz. So now it's money time. You need to trust the decision that you made in the offseason. We're going to put the ball in the hands of Carson Wentz, and we're going to trust that he is going to elevate us and get us into the postseason. I remember you and I talking about 
I don't know, probably 16 months ago. This was after the Buccaneers. This It was the offseason after the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. And the Commanders, I think you had liked the Cowboys. This was last year, but leading into last year. And I like the, the Commanders to carry over what they did in that game against the Buccaneers. And I thought that it would serve them well. And last season did not. They, they had a, a, rough, a rough season last year. There was no breakthrough for Antonio Gibson. Chase Young ended up getting hurt. It was a bad year for then the said Washington football team. Now they turn as the Commanders. And not, was, uh, not a lot was expected from them. And I think many, including myself, wondered what Carson Wentz would do for that team. But what I think is actually most important, Bucky, are the are the everything that around that Washington has. Like you look at you look at that backfield with Brian Robinson after what he went through and getting shot twice, you know, right before week one. He seems to be a part of that offense. Uh, Antonio Gibson is is figured out his role with that team. But now you see Terry McLaurin being Terry McLaurin. Curtis Samuels come out and become a, a heck of a player for them. And then now Jahan Dotson. I mean, each week is making a play that you're saying, wow. Like, this is this is a commander's team that, if on track, would be a team that I would not want to play in the postseason if they make it. Okay. Repeat that. This is not a team that you want to play in the postseason. I just, I just want to fully, of, okay. I just want to fully I, digest everything yes. that you're saying. Think of their weapons. The, that trio of wide receivers that they have, of Dotson, McLaurin, and Samuel. You scared it, of them? I, I think they're very good. And then now you have Chase Young returning, and he may not be the Chase Young of last year. It could take mm-hmm. some time. That defensive front is 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 very stout i'm I'm just saying like the 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 command like jahan dotson has made a couple Mm -hmm. of plays that are highlight reel plays and he may emerge at some point but Mm -hmm. we know how good terry mclaurin is good and as i said curtis samuel has emerged now if carson wentz can get them the football and figure it out over this last two weeks i'm not saying they're going to make a super bowl run but this was the reason why I was high on them, and this was before they even had Jahan Dotson oh, whoa, whoa, uh, 16 whoa. months ago. Okay, what does high so, on them mean? What does high on them mean? What was the well, expectation? I, I don't think that we had a lot of expectations for them this year, mm-hmm. and I don't think we have a lot of expectations for them now sitting at 7-7-1 seven, seven, and one, and barely holding on to that final wild card spot in the NFC. Mm-hmm. But if they were to draw the Vikings in the uh, wild card round, would you be completely shocked if the Commanders went in there and no. won a football game by outscoring Minnesota? No, no, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. And, and, and here's why, because I want to get – I think they have to play a certain way for the team to win and to be uh, a thorn in the side of opponents. If they play the way they played against the Philadelphia Eagles, not because they won, but if they – squat on the ball, meaning they're going to run the ball, they're going to drain the clock, they're going to take the play clock down to five seconds every time at a minimum, shorten the game and create pressure by holding onto the ball and minimizing the possessions that you have. Yeah, it's a problem because they're playing to the strength of their team, which is their defense. If they play that way, yeah, I think they can be a problem. However, if they attempt to do something that they're not, where they're throwing the ball all over the yard, they're trying to be this dynamic offense, 
they're not built for that with the quarterbacks that they have. Carson Wentz might have played at MVP level years ago, but he's not that same guy. And so this needs to be a very conservative ball control offense where they run it with Brian Robinson and then take their shots down the field to the trio that you talked about. But I don't think they can get into a scoring match with some of the teams in the NFC. But that said, yeah, they certainly can win a game in the playoffs. Yeah, but it's not going to – like with with their defense, it shouldn't be a scoring matchup. And – Maybe we're saying the same thing in, in that aspect, but when you look at that trio of wide receivers, of all three of those guys, I mean, the, the numbers, I, I, I mean, it's, it's very – McLaurin is McLaurin. Over 1,000 yards this season. He's made big plays at the end of games. Help him win the Colts game. He's there. Samuel has emerged in his own. But now you have this extra Jahan Dotson, so yeah, you don't you don't have to play a you don't have to play a seventeen to ten game. You can you can win twenty four to seventeen, and, and there's mm-hmm. enough there. I mean they they played the Vikings earlier this season, and I and, and maybe Minnesota's not the greatest example to use in describing on 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 the um, in in taking an example. The question may be, like, how would they fare against the 49ers? Well, we found out last week. Or at least we found out how they would fare with Taylor Heineke as their quarterback. They lost 37-20. to 20. But the way that the NFC is set up, you mentioned the win against the Eagles already, the close game that they had against Minnesota. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I, – I, no, there's not going to be a run to the Super Bowl, but for them to get to where they want to be or to pull off an upset, I think it's very doable with Carson Wentz. And I think that's the point that is – the not the shocking aspect of it, but maybe the surprising aspect of it that the pieces are there now. Carson Wentz just needs to do what they need him to do. Yeah, he Is that does. Fair enough. Yeah, no, that's that's fair enough. He needs to be able to make in these games in the postseason. Carson Wentz needs to come up with five or six plays a game that are okay, big boy throws. Big time plays, whatever that is, whether that's a threading the needle, making sure that they move the chains on a first down, making a big time throw for a touchdown, scrambling and picking up a first down to extend the drive. He needs to make five or six plays um, that separate this team from the the others, and then they need to play what I call a very controlled game, running the football, getting the ball to the playmakers. Uh, Scott Turner having what we call like a hit sheet, meaning that hey, here are the touches that I want to make sure that McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and Dotson have. They need to finish the game with eight touches apiece or whatever that magic number is. When they play a control game that's very balanced and diverse and they're able to, as I say, squat on the ball, yeah, it's it's tough because what they're doing is they're minimizing the opportunity for their defense to get on the field. The defense is fresher, and they're going to make more plays. You want to create pressure on the opponent by the way that you play stylistically on offense. And if the commanders do that, then they can win because that's how they knocked off the Eagles. That's how I believe they have to knock off these other teams because those other teams, to me, have superior talent. Let, let me ask you this. If you were a playoff team in the NFC and you had your pick, commanders or Lions coming to town, who are you picking? I would actually take the commanders because the Lions Really? Offense, yeah, the Lions offense can score, man. And when they get rolling – I mean, I know they're different when Bucky, they get. Hey, when they on. have you seen what Jerry Goff and those guys have been I have, doing? But that defense, them up. Light that them defense up. is you could go through it like 
you know. I mean, you can hot knife and butter. Like it, it's what depends on the strength of your team, though. What if your offense isn't great? What if you're the New York Giants and you have a tough time scoring? You don't want to see the Lions come to town. Well, the Lions beat them. And right. Did, did you're beat the, them earlier this season. Right. You're the Minnesota Vikings, and you're living by a, a wing and a prayer. You don't want the Detroit Lions to come through there with Jerry Goff they throwing it up. They split this season. They did right. split. Right. See, like, so, so that's What about the I'm Packers? Here. What about the Packers? Oh, they, they throttled the Packers early in the year, right? Throttled, drummed them. Like, the Packers couldn't even score on their that, that hapless defense that you talked sure, about. Sure, but would you rather face the Commanders or Packers in the playoffs? Would I rather face the Commanders or Packers? Um, I don't think the Packers are great, but you worry about the quarterback dusting it off one time. So on a one-game scenario, nah, I would rather face the Commanders than the Packers. Wow, you are just a Commanders hater. I'm not a hater, you but are, I'm saying, you are, I'm saying, you are, I'm saying you are a Aaron Commanders Rogers, hater. Aaron Rodgers in a 60-minute game is a bigger problem than dealing with Carson Wentz or Taylor Heineke. I would rather deal with those quarterbacks because it comes down to quarterbacks. And so when you think about the quarterbacks, you rank them by the quarterback. They will go into the postseason with likely the worst quarterback or the second worst quarterback, depending upon Daniel Jones and whether the Giants are in or not. Because that's what you're looking at. You're not going to take Carson Wentz or Daniel Jones over Jerry Goff if he gets in. Like, you're not. I mean, maybe, like, you put Sam Donald in there, then you just throw it up, you know, you're throwing the baby mm-hmm. up and it doesn't matter. But they have one of the worst quarterbacks. And so when you're a team and you're looking at postseason matchups, you always opt for taking the worst quarterback. I've, yeah, that, that's, that could be fair. I feel like I'm in the, uh-huh. in the minority mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. – but I, but I do think that – I know that the commanders are – they're 0-2-1 in their last three outings. I know that's, that's not great. But again, just the pieces of and man, you know, it's, maybe I'm getting wrapped up in the Jahan Dotson stuff. But he does like it's been a play a week where you've been like, huh? Yeah, the play against uh, the Giants in New York. Um, he's made big plays throughout the season. It's not as uh, obviously as favorite of a target as Terry McLaurin is, but there's something to be hyped about. And then you just talk about the defensive front now with Chase Young back in the fold. I'm a little bit more bullish maybe on the commanders than, than everyone else, but Carson Wentz back under center uh, in D.C. It's about the only thing people can be uh, bullish about the commanders because usually it's 100% negativity on, in Washington with that organization. And until they are sold, that is going to be the, continue to be the case. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Cavino and Rich here, and whether you're headed to a campus to see some college baseball, meet up with old friends, or show off the alma mater to your kids, spring is prime time in college towns. And if you're planning a trip, two words for you, graduate hotels. There's no better place to stay. You know we're fans. We were at the Nashville location, and it was sweet. Definitely recommend it. So listen, when it's time to book, get up to 30% off your stay with code CRSHOW. That's C-R-S-H-O-W. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Go book your stay at graduatehotels.com. And hey, if you're already looking ahead to college football season, you could book rooms at Graduate Hotel this fall as well. But we'll warn you, reservations for those big weekends fill up fast, so go there sooner than later. Head to graduatehotels.com. And again, 
up to 30% off your stay with code CRSHOW. That's good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Go book your stay at graduatehotels.com. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed? Do you notice you're losing a little bit of hair? You're shedding a little bit? Well, if you're noticing a little less hair on your head and you're checking your hairline all the time, you got to check out Nutrafol. When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted whole-body approach. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code CRSHOW. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code CRSHOW. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code CRSHOW. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're going to be on our way to the Mile High City, not physically, but just in a matter of seconds. We check in on the latest of the Denver Broncos. Welcome as we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The Christmas hangover is over. Not not an actual hangover, Bucky, from uh, drinking too much. I don't drink, so I couldn't be hungover. Mm-hmm. But it's the, the days, the feeling, just the, the remnants of the Christmas holiday. Today, it is now in the rearview mirror. I still think that it lingers on the 26th and the 27th. But now that we've made it to the 28th, I think that, that Christmas is fully in the rearview mirror. <laughs> you think so? Yes, think it's fully, you, fully, fully behind you. Is it in your rearview mirror? I mean, always on to the all, next. All, always on to the next. On, to the next. on Monday, not. on Monday, mm-hmm. there was no like, oh man, it still kind of feels mm-hmm. like Christmas no, sort of feeling. There was no, none of that. Uh, on, on to the next. On to the next. Yeah, on to the next. next Takes next. me a couple of days to be honest. It really does. How long do you today keep was your tree the first up? day? How long you keep your tree up? Keep your tree up to March. How long? How well, long before you break it down? My wife, because she's Armenian, likes to keep it up uh, until January 6th, Armenian Christmas. Mm. So that's usually the plan, except a few years ago when our tree died in mid-December. We had to, we had to throw it out when, when the garbage day worked out because otherwise it was just kindling in our living room. And if something would have sparked it, look out. But this year, because of of, of the baby... Mm-hmm. just turned 20 months that's kind of that's the danger zone for me like of where he doesn't know it's a tree and doesn't know it's christmas <laughs> and doesn't know that it could completely fall on top of him so we just we put up a small cheap plastic tree this year oh, a little charlie brown christmas tree yeah yeah just something you know a little bit a little bit bigger a little bit fuller than that but not 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 much 
And it was it was good that we did because within an hour of us putting the lights on there and a few ornaments, the ornaments were already off and the tree was pulled out because it wasn't that heavy. So it was actually a smart move by us on Christmas to to not go all out because I'm a live tr- Christmas tree guy. That's who I am. My cousins run a Christmas tree farm uh, in uh, North Central Wisconsin. So we've always been a real tree person. And so that was a little difficult to take, but within an hour of putting the tree up, I realized we made the right decision. Made the right decision. Yes. So the lights are up. There are still a few presents underneath the tree, but that'll be the case for a few more days. So uh, the uh, Denver Broncos, uh, they probably feel like they've been they're hungover from what's uh, been going on the last week. It was on Monday, Nathaniel Hackett gets fired. Then on Tuesday, we hear from ownership and GM George Payton. Today, Bucky... We get to hear from Russell Wilson talking about the firing mm. of Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, obviously, you know, devastated by Coach Hackett because I think he's an amazing man, amazing teacher, amazing father. Just watching him with his kids and what he's been on to do and how he's taught the game for us. You know, this season has been um, a season that we never thought was going to happen the way it did. And uh, he was a guy that spent all his time, all of his effort um, into us as players, as staff members, everybody coaches as well. And so I think that he, um, he's going to be an amazing coach. He's one of the brighter minds I've been around. And I think also, too, it's been a crazy season, tons of injuries, tons of everything else. But the reality is, is that, you know, I, I wish I could have played better for him, too. wish I could have played at the standard and the level that I've played, you know, I've always played at and know, know how to play at. So, but what I do know is uh, he's resilient. He's going to be a tremendous coach, like I said. And I you know, love him to death, and everybody uh, misses him for sure. <laughs> I feel like there's a little over the top there. Devastated. Yeah. Love him to death. Love him. Love him. Yeah, love him. Absolutely. Like, and, and it was the the let's wait 28 seconds into the sound mm-hmm. bite for me to take any blame. Did you, are you, are, did you hear that as well? Uh, I mean, like, I, I'll take you for what it was. I mean, that's, that's Russ being about as that's authentic Russ as he Russ. can. Yeah, as he can do. He, he took some ownership, wish he could have played better because he, he knows, man, like, here, here's the thing. He may never come out publicly and say it. He knows he didn't play up to the standard. And I think he has to live with that. And I also think the other thing with Russell is <clears throat> this will be the first year where he won't be able to push it over on someone else. You have to look in the mirror because for the first time uh, on our side, the media has pointed the finger at him. before. Because you got to remember, prior to this season, everything was like uh, Pete Carroll, that old archaic offense. They're holding him back. They need to let him cook. Why they run the ball so much? Yada, yada, yada. Well, now we've seen him in a different uniform, and he looks different as a player. And it's the first time that people have been able to say, hey, maybe it wasn't them. Maybe it's him. And so this will either make him go in the lab and figure out how he can improve his game, or, look, he'll fall off, and he'll never be the guy that we saw again. We're going to hear from George Payton and actually Sean Payton, the former Saints head coach, in just a sec as they weigh in about Russell Wilson. But there's something that you said there, and there's actually something that you said earlier in the show that makes me want to say this now, and it's to the point of how we look at Russell Wilson. And the Seahawks are a team that I watch every single week. Mm-hmm. They've been my favorite team since I was six or seven years old. That's it's who I watch. It's who I was invested in. And you're right. When you watched Russell Wilson last year coming back from that mallet finger injury, and you think he's doing the right thing by coming back after missing just three games, but – was not right after that and really wasn't right the the rest of the season maybe one game there was a you know a 
a surge. I think it was against the Lions. He had, he had a big game, but it just it wasn't the same Russell Wilson. He also hasn't been the same Russell Wilson running the ball and uh, being on the move. But the interesting point in all of this is because of the coaching changes, and you just mentioned, like, oh, Pete Carroll's the problem. Remember when uh, Brian Schottenheimer leaves Seattle, they look for an offensive coordinator, and Russell Wilson did have input. He did have input in bringing Shane Waldron in from the Rams. And it still didn't necessarily cure Russell's problems. And now you see with Geno Smith, and I know Geno's regressed a little bit over these last couple of weeks, but he's done a really good job, and the offense has done a really good job considering what their expectations were. And and it's something like that, Bucky, that is something to me that's very telling, that Russell Wilson did have input and was able to say who he felt he wanted as an offensive coordinator in Seattle. They gave it to him. And there were problems, and then Russell leaves. And it's not just, see, Russell's gone and Geno's doing well. It's, you know, the the hand-picked guy that, you know, Russell settled on is also doing well in Seattle. And I don't think a lot is, is talked about that, maybe because it's not a big national story, but that's another sort of thing that you point to and say, what's not right with this picture? Yeah, I think that's the big thing. And I think that's when it really resonated with people. Not only about Russell's struggles in Denver, but the fact that a journeyman that many people made the butt of a bunch of jokes has gone to Seattle and played at a Pro Bowl level. You can't underestimate that part of it. Mm-hmm. Geno Smith stepped in for Russell Wilson when no one thought that he would even beat Drew Locke out as a starter. And he played at a Pro Bowl level. Regardless of what you think about the Pro Bowl, he was recognized as an all-star, one of the top three in the conference. Geno Smith. And so when that happens and the fact that there was a point in the season where the Seahawks were not only con- contending, they were at the top of the division. And it looked like they may end up with 10 or, or so wins. Yeah. With a, a quarterback that people had cast off, that's really when it changed. And so people were beginning to wonder, like, well, maybe, maybe Russell was holding him back. Maybe Pete wasn't as crazy for wanting to play a certain style. When you see Geno Smith – High passer rating, high completion percentage, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett playing well, all those things. And so going back to the conversation about Russell going to Denver, the reason why I always wondered why everyone was excited about him going to Denver, I felt like he left a better supporting cast in Seattle than the one that he was taking on in Denver. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are both all-star players. Sure. you know. And so when we think about throwing the ball all over the yard, he didn't get an upgraded set of receivers. You know, and so mm-hmm. to me, it was it was that part of everything that I couldn't understand. And maybe it'll change. Maybe next year we'll be talking and we'll have egg on our face because Russell comes back and plays at an MVP level. There was also the three games Geno Smith started last year uh, for the Seahawks, and I believe went one and two in those games. But there wasn't actually, honestly, much noticeable difference between when Geno Smith was the quarterback. The Seahawks seemed to be pretty conservative. They lost an overtime Sunday night game against Pittsburgh and beat Jacksonville. They lost another game, but. There, there wasn't that much difference, and that uh, maybe could have told you. Now the question is, uh, is Russ fixable? Broncos GM George Payton weighing in on that topic. Russ even said he didn't play up to his standard, and he'll be the first one to tell you he didn't play up to his standard, didn't play up to our standard. He needs to be better. Uh, I don't think we made a coaching move based on Russ. You know That wasn't what it's all about. 
That's, why, that's not why we're getting a new coach to turn around Russ. It's about the entire organization. It's about the entire football team. It's just not one player. It's not whether Russ is fixable or not. Uh, we do believe he is. We do. The interesting last part is they believe that he's fixable, but it's not about Russ being fixable. <laughs> it seems like you're talking out of both sides of your mouth if you're George Payton there. Oh, you, you are talking about both sides of your mouth because he knows it because there's also a lot of pressure on George Payton because he handpicked Nathaniel Hackett to be the guy to fix or, or take the team and Russell Wilson to the next level and they were going to be a match made in heaven and all these other things that we expected. And it didn't turn out to be like that. So now he has to figure out, I can't mess it up with this next one. And I can't make it all the way about Russ because I need to distance myself away from Russell because if Russell plays bad next year, we got to cut him. And I need to figure out a way to put myself in a position where I can be around to do it. And so, yeah, he's he's on thin ice the, and he that, knows that. That's the interesting part of it, though, because as we heard a report now, and this came out yesterday, that the new head coach would report – directly to ownership and who was brought in 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 debating that like that to me is enticing for someone who wants a lot of control if they're the head coach to be able to report to ownership is something that Sean Payton did with the Saints and what Pete Carroll does with the Seahawks like there's a lot of cachet with that and it seems to me that the Broncos I don't know, big game fishing, big game hunting for that, that mm-hmm. coach. Because George Payton can say all that he wants, but his number one, he is tied to Russell Wilson. Like it or not, do whatever mm-hmm. you can. There's no way that you can really distance yourself. And number two, now you don't have the power of a real GM or the role that you thought that you had. He is, to me, almost in a lame duck situation um, with the Broncos now, especially if you're bringing in a guy that is going to report directly to the owner. It's a tough spot for for George Payton to be in, and I, I don't know how long his future is going to be in Denver. Oh, he's definitely in trouble. And so, I mean, in trouble in terms of, yeah, this is the last chance. He has to make sure that he gets this one right. And with Russell, um, he has to convince somebody to take him on, and someone has to listen to how they will fix Russell as part of a plan to – rebuild the entire team that said I think the owner did a great job of saying no 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 it's not about the quarterback the quarterback is a part of it but the guy that I'm looking for is a leader Um, he's able to hold everyone accountable he's able to set the vision all of those things matter and so we're gonna have the court the head coaching carousel spin crazy in a couple weeks and we're gonna hear all these names and these names about being play callers and schematics and have to you have to build around the quarterback and all that other stuff and the biggest mistake that people make is we've elevated the quarterback to a position where we feel like it's the quarterback than the rest of the team. But the best head coaches coach the entire team, and they're able to demand a level of commitment, accountability, and earn the trust of everybody in that locker room. And so when we're talking about these coaches, you got to dig a little deeper and not look at the guys who have the big old play sheet that looks like um, a menu at your favorite restaurant. But it has to be the guy who you feel like has the leadership ability, whether they come from the offense or defensive side of the ball. It's the best leader, and then you figure the other stuff out. I know we're tight, but I do want to play this Sean Payton cut because his name is going to be connected with Denver, whether it's realistic or not. He weighed in on what he would do with Russell Wilson. You correct flaws immediately, and then we don't worry about how long the process is going to take. In other words, today – I'd want to cut up of all 
Russell's pass plays of 30 or more yards from the field. And I'd want to see, are there some schemes that he felt very comfortable with? Then I'd want to look at another film of his red zone touchdown passes inside the 20. What I'm asking for from assistants is I'm, I'm asking for some of his greatest hits and to make sure that we have those song lyrics available. <laughs> and, and if not, let's put them in. Mm-hmm. That was Sean Payton on the herd. The good thing is the touchdown pass clips would be pretty short uh, if it was for this season. You'd only have like about <laughs> Yeah. But what I like about that, now what I want people to understand who, who may not understand what Coach Payton is, is getting at, what Coach Payton wants to do is he wants to see Russell at his best. And we talked about in one of the hours, we talked about how the best coaches are able to adapt and adjust to the personnel that they're given. They're able to elevate them by taking what they do and asking them only to do what they do well. And so when he talked about, I want to be able to look at the, 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 their greatest hits and take the lyrics and see if I can re- replicate them over and over and over again, that's what he wants to see. Hey, maybe Russell does a great job of throwing the post corner. So how many different ways can we create concepts with the post corner being the primary? Uh, what things in the red zone? was he able to connect on over and over and over again? Okay, we want to make sure that we feature those kinds of concepts differently. I may change the picture, but I'm going to make sure that the read for Russell is the same. Great coaches have a tendency to do that. So anyone that takes that job, they're going to look at Russell, they're going to evaluate the tape, and they're going to take a similar approach to try and figure out how they can get him unlocked. Because if you unlock him and get him playing well, then the rest of the offense and the team will play well. Just how they drew it up in Denver, right? Uh, He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Dan Beyer, and I'm kidding. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. It's Cavino and Rich here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Beyer. He's Bucky Brooks sitting in today on this Wednesday. Brian Fenley will give us the latest coming up at the bottom of the hour. After that, we'll weigh in on the Steve Wilkes versus Jeff Saturday comparison, because there's a lot more in common with those two than maybe you would realize. But now we head to South Florida, checking in on the situation that is the topic of conversation everywhere. And it really has been throughout the season, covering the NFL as a senior reporter for OutKick, has covered the league for a long time. Armando Salguero joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, Armando, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, gentlemen. Man, as the Tua turns, um, another situation uh, when it comes to the uh, Miami Dolphins, this time an undiagnosed concussion until Monday. Was was this, jo- uh, excuse me, was this um, Mike, McDa- uh, Mike McDaniel figuring this out on his own? Did Tua have symptoms? How did this all work out in Miami, figuring out that Tua actually did suffer a concussion in that game? Covino and Rich here, and whether you're headed to a campus to see some college baseball, meet up with old friends, or show off the alma mater to your kids, spring is prime time in college towns. And if you're planning a trip, two words for you, graduate hotels. There's no better place to stay. You know we're fans. We were at the Nashville location, and it was sweet. Definitely recommend it. So listen, when it's time to book, get up to 30% off your stay with code CRSHOW. That's C-R-S-H-O-W. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Go book your stay at graduatehotels.com. And hey, if you're already looking ahead to college football season, you could book rooms at Graduate Hotel this fall as well. But we'll warn you, reservations for those big weekends fill up fast, so go there sooner than later. Head to graduatehotels.com. And again, 
up to 30% off your stay with code CRSHOW. That's good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Go book your stay at graduatehotels.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Cavino and Rich, and you've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has the tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuters' comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Goodyear tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash sports to see their Goodyear test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Christmas Day. So, obviously, we all saw the fourth quarter where he throws three interceptions. And it was, you know, eyebrow-raising, of course, uh, mm-hmm. on, on any level, because obviously he was supposed to, you know, he's their franchise quarterback. You want him to, to lead a touchdown-winning drive and, and, you know, roll off into the sunset. He has that uh, meltdown. Mike McDaniel said that he was watching tape Monday morning and that there were signs obvious to him that something was amiss and that they were serious signs and that it worried him. Tua goes to, you know, to see doctors. They, uh, they put him in the protocol, and today we get the confirmation that he didn't have – he did, in fact, have his second concussion of the season. They are not saying that he is out. This week, but let's face it, folks, he's out this week, and mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the starter for the Miami Dolphins against the New England Patriots on Sunday. You know, Armando, this this has to have like long term ramifications with the franchise because it's the third concussion in a year. Um, two is up for you know like the fifth year option to be picked up or not, long term extensions and all of that. If you're working in the front office right now for the Miami Dolphins, man, what's your plan? What's your plan for 2023 and going forward at the quarterback position? Yeah, it's it's bad, Bucky, because here's the situation. In November, Tua was playing lights out. And before November, really, he was playing lights out. And there was talk of MVP and so forth. And so they took their first-round draft pick, and they used it in a trade for Bradley Chubb, ostensibly because they thought we need a closer when we go up against guys like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and, you know, Joe Burrow, because we're going to be in those games with our guy, Tua. The problem is 
after that happened, you know, in the last month, the Dolphins went 0 for December. And Tua played poorly in December. He had one game against Los Angeles that he completed 35% of his passes. Uh, Obviously, the three-interception game this week. So now you're thinking, well, if only we had that first-round draft pick for next year, we might – you know, we might be able to do something if we don't have a, sl- a strong feeling that Tua is really the guy going forward, except they don't have that first-round pick anymore. you got to remember, the fifth-year option, that is fully guaranteed for what? For injury. And so that's going to be something that they will have to discuss. And as far as an extension, you know, teams are, are investing a quarter of a billion dollars on their quarterbacks now. You know that the Cincinnati Bengals are going to make that investment with Joe Burrow next year. You know that the Los Angeles Chargers are going to make that investment with Justin Herbert next year. When Tua Tungavailoa looks around and sees that and sees that the Dolphins maybe aren't doing that with him, that's going to be a very interesting situation. Armando Salguero joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Dan Beyer sitting in for Cavino and Rich. Bucky and I talked about this a little bit earlier, and I'm still trying to figure it out because it is a four-game slide. It's a tough four-game slide. Like, I mean, you're on the road in Buffalo in a winter storm. You're in San Francisco, not the easiest of spots. But that was on the heels of a five-game win streak when they didn't really play anybody. How, how how good are the Dolphins, actually? They are right now sitting in that seventh spot in the AFC, but are they a good football team? Well, I think they're a good football team. I don't think that they are a championship-caliber football team by any means. Uh, you know, we have to understand what where they were last year and really the last couple of years. They fired Brian Flores after two winning seasons and granted they weren't playoff winning seasons they were you know 10 and 6 and 9 and 8 so there was that but right now they are on you know on an arc for the season to be around you know that kind of team 10 and 7 9 wins maybe we don't know uh it doesn't look like despite the fact that they've done a lot of work on the roster, they went out and got Tyreek Hill, who's been great, by the way. Jalen Waddle has developed. He's been great, by the way. But the offensive line, eh. Uh, Bradley Chubb has two and a half sacks since he showed up. Not good. Uh, you know, the secondary's beat up. They're, they're okay. They're not... They're not a team that I would say we're going to be watching play late into January. You know, it's funny. I think one of the things that has been lost in dismissal of Brian Flores has been the impact that he had on the defense. Look, man, you can talk about how bad the offense was, but the defense played pretty well under his tutelage. When you look at the Dolphins, what does that defense look like now with Josh Boyer at the helm by himself? Right. So it the schematically, it looks the same. Uh but production wise it's night and day bucky it's it's not the you know they don't have the same kind of discipline they don't come with the same kind of energy um they're not getting the same kind of play from a lot of the guys obviously 
that they do have some injuries in the secondary. But uh, Byron Jones, by the way, hasn't played all year. And he's an $80 million cornerback. So uh, that hurts. But it, the idea of keeping Josh Boyer when Mike McDaniel showed up was, well, the defense is fixed. Let's go fix the offense. Well, the problem is the offense is better, but the defense ain't fixed. That's still still a big problem. And again, that first round pick that you can give up for Bradley Chip. There was a time, Armando, where the Dolphins had like first round picks flowing out of their ears. You know, it's it's crazy to think of. You know, you have the Tyreek Hill deal, then the Chubb deal, and then yeah, then the forfeited pick. It's it's it is pretty amazing how they got into this position where they are. Like, truly, because there was a time where they had all the draft capital in the world, it seemed like. Right. And now they have no first-round pick next year. <laughs> and, and, you know, and by the way, the NFL uh, announced that it is going to investigate the Dolphins for what has happened with the latest to a concussion situation. They already did, a, you know, an investigation of the Dolphins for the first to a concussion situation. And they did, in fact, have an investigation of the Dolphins for the tampering with Sean Payton, the tampering with Tom Brady, and the possible tanking of 2019. The Miami Dolphins lead the NFL in NFL investigations. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully the investigators can get all their Marriott points and know where to stay in, uh, in South Florida. Armando, we appreciate the time. We know it's busy. Happy New Year. Can't wait to talk to you again. Thanks so much. All right, guys. My pleasure. Mm. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Dan Beyer. Thanks to Brian Fenley. You can get him on Twitter <laughs> at Brian Fenley. Uh, get Bucky on Twitter at Bucky Brooks. And you can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. Now, you weren't with me yesterday. It was me and Aaron Torres. Mm-hmm. And this was a topic that we felt was was – so good that we wanted to get your opinion on it. Okay. And just to just just so you know, the the show uh the the opinion of this show, of this staff that includes executive producer Jason Stewart, myself and really the the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio that airs uh 3 to 5 Eastern time weekdays on Fox Sports Radio because our technical producer John Ramos so disliked the Jeff Saturday higher we kind of have gone overboard supporting jeff saturday and what he uh Mm. would do for the colts Mm -hmm. but now we've got a situation where steve wilkes in carolina has got that team in contention to Mm -hmm. win a division and in the afc south there is still things that are up for grabs and when frank reich was fired they were three five and one to to take away I understand what Jim Ursay did, mm-hmm. but did the Colts punt too soon on the season? The message that was given by Indy was, you know, Jeff Saturday come in there. We felt to kind of oversee things, see what needed to be changed, what didn't need to be changed, but not really a we've got the horses to go for it sort of thing. And when you look at the quarterback situation in both cities, you look at the star running backs that mm-hmm. neither of them have. There are a lot more similarities to the Colts and Panthers than I think we realized. Do you think that Jeff, uh, do you think that Jim Ursay maybe should have not gone for it, but would this have been held against him in naming Jeff Saturday as head coach? Did he punt too soon on the season? 
Uh, the team wasn't getting better. The team was kind of stagnant. And you knew what was coming. Once they fired the offensive coordinator, you knew what was next when it came to Frank Wright. Uh, I think the thing about Jeff Saturday, the way that I would look at it, and I don't know if Jim Mercer has this kind of perspective, if Jeff Saturday is going to be his guy, right, and he believes that he's going to be his head coach, what this could have been is, A, I know he's never been a head coach before. How about I help him get some experience by letting him run the team the last half of the year? So now he has eight or nine games under his belt. He's now able to go into the offseason. We consult on what changes need to happen when it comes to the staff, style of play, all these other things. And then next year, we get an opportunity to see what Jeff Saturday looks like as a real head coach of the team. Now, I don't know if he has that kind of perspective because he went out of the box to do the interim coach thing. But in my mind, I'm like, well, maybe that's what he's doing. Because Without experience, you can't develop an expertise. And so giving him the experience this half of the season is akin to letting him be a head coach for the preseason game. The preseason. I don't know if this team was going to be very good uh, after watching them because I thought that Matt Ryan was going to play at an MVP level, and he didn't. And so they have to fix it. they got to fix a bunch of different things. They're not the team that we thought. And so I don't think he punted on the season too soon. I think he went with an unorthodox move that has made us just kind of question all of the things that he wants to do. Did you like, because some people were so against it. A lot of people were so against it. At the time, what was your feeling on the hire? Um, Now, for disclosure, Jeff Saturday and I are Tar Heels. We missed each other. I was leaving as he was coming in. But look, man, we're cool. We're friends and all that. Uh, I was excited for him. I wasn't offended by the fact that he went from TV to then being an NFL head coach because we see it in basketball. Saw Steve Kerr go from being mm-hmm. an analyst to a general manager to a head coach and all this other stuff. So it's not uncommon. Chauncey Billings went from being a broadcaster to being the head coach of the Portland Trailblazers uh, after being a, an assistant for the Clippers maybe for a year. And so it's one of those things where you don't like it. I think if you because it's different. But if you do go that route where you're going to make an unconventional hire, you have to give him an opportunity to be surrounded by experienced people who can help him along the way. Yeah, John Fox is there, Gus Bradley's there, and those things, but he still hasn't picked his own people. Um, I think in time, maybe it'll work, but shoot, man, we've seen Nathaniel Hackett have been in the league forever. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't work out. So I don't know why the outrage exists. There's no way of knowing how good a guy is going to be as a head coach until he becomes a head coach. The... The, I guess the, the the final question that I will pose to you is this, because I think this has also magnified Jeff Saturday's position. Do you think a different interim head coach would have prevented them from blowing that lead against the Vikings or prevented the Cowboys from scoring, what, 33 points in a fourth quarter? Do you think that a, a different interim head coach would have prevented that? Would have prevented, what, like the 33 33- yeah, um, the, the Vikings game or just them getting embarrassed in the fourth quarter by the Cowboys? Uh, the fourth quarter in the Cowboys, like sometimes it just happens in games. I think the yeah. Minnesota Vikings thing was more of a, a, a case of you could see the inexperience kind of playing out. The management of the clock, the way you drain the game, you start draining the play clock, you try and limit the amount of total possessions in the second half. You can kind of anticipate some of those things by looking at the clock and the way that you play it. That's an inexperienced thing. I think that game was more on Saturday because he maybe could have helped the team out. But the Dallas game happens because the game was tight going into the fourth quarter, and then they just had a series of turnovers and blunders that just undermined the team's 
chances of winning. Um, it happens. It always falls on the, look, the, the, the feet of the head coach. But I felt like what he wanted to do, he just doesn't have the ability to do it because the team just is not good enough. The offensive line, for whatever reason, has just underperformed. And for him, being a former offensive lineman, a former Pro Bowl offensive lineman, I think that has to be the biggest disappointment, that he can't get the offensive line right. They don't have the level of technique and toughness to play the style that they want to play. They don't, but like they don't have Jonathan Taylor either. But that's where that's where the Steve Wilkes stuff comes in and is is just pretty interesting. And that's just the reason why I bring up the conversation is because there are parallels between the two organizations. It's not exact replicas, but star running backs gone. They've played three different quarterbacks this year. A guy they brought in in the offseason ended up not working out to how they would have hoped. Um, You do have, you know, a big weapon on the outside, whether it be I know they're not the same, DJ Moore and Michael Pittman Jr., but like there are parallels there. Shaq Leonard was hurt for the Colts. I just now when you see how the AFC South is playing out and how the Titans have faltered and, and the team that you cover, the Jaguars, mm-hmm. you know, right in the thick of it now and, and technically in first place in the AFC South. At three five and one at that time you thought maybe the season was you know, they needed a change, but I don't know if the season was lost, but it felt like that's how the Colts were maybe looking at it. Now, in hindsight, could have been a different story because if you win that Vikings game, yeah, you're you know six nine and one in you know sitting there near the Indianapolis Colts. Different story, but a very different parallels. Yeah, no, I, I think it's different. The one thing I will say about Steve Wilkes, having talked to people that were been down there, having known him personally, uh, one of the things that he did, and he had the advantage of being able to. Well, Saturday did too. Steve Wills basically re-implemented the culture that existed for years under Ron Rivera, but he did it with his own twists. The mm-hmm. accountability, the um, level of performance and expectation and commitment, all of those things that existed, he put those things back into place. And because he was there with the team when they won a Super Bowl, he had instant credibility. And so some of those young guys that may or may not have been there, their ears perk up because... He's been there. He can say it as a with authority. Whereas Jeff Saturday, as a player, is just a little different. He's still trying to find his way, and the way they dropped him in is a little different. But I think um, Steve Wilson has done an outstanding job. I think Jeff Saturday, in given time, I think Jeff Saturday can be a solid head coach, but you have to have the right things around you to be able to do it. He coached in high school. I know people say, oh, high school doesn't matter, but I'm going to be honest with you, like, being a head coach at any level requires some of the same stuff to be successful. He can figure it out, and I can trust that he'll figure it out if given enough time, but he has to surround himself with the right people. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Dan Byer. It is Kavino and Rich on Fox Sports Radio Live from the Tyrac.com studios. I should correct myself. Colts would have been 5-9-1. I gave him an extra win in all that. But still, that wouldn't be mathematically eliminated uh, from the postseason or from the division crown, even if that were the case. Uh, coming up next, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Steve Wilkes is probably saying to his team right now, just how we drew it up. That next year on Fox Sports Radio. Any college baseball fans out there? If you're traveling to see your team and need a place to stay, two words for you. Graduate hotels. We stayed at the Nashville location for the SEC tournament. It was awesome. Beautiful rooms, cool vibe, and perfect location. 
They have over 30 hotels in the best college towns. And get this, they'll give you up to 30% off your stay with code CRSHOW. That's C-R-S-H-O-W. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book today at graduatehotels.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare